I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. back with another episode of the lakers fast break podcast sometimes i don't even know why i'm doing this sometimes man the lakers i've got a hundred degree temperature my nose is clogged up i'm coughing all day and yet i'm here yet the lakers don't even give half the effort tonight piss poor absolutely piss poor is what you can say it's gerald glassford thanks so much for watching this and truly appreciate it hopefully you'll check out my shows to cheer me up like the Pop Culture Cosmos, where I covered my best of pop culture for 2023. Plus, we cover the Xbox Developers Conference and more. Also, as well, we're going to go ahead and let you know, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Chris Sardieri and I covered... Yes, I know, Magic. It's still funny. You're still laughing over it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going I'm to have to mute you, my friend. Uh, yes, or else it's just going to be drowning out the whole thing that's going on. So, uh, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Please go ahead and check out our thoughts on the NFL playoffs this weekend. Also as well, Joe Sorrow, he is pissed off, and he's let everybody know it's Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check him out there. And also, Joe, you're still doing a nightcap, right? Is that correct? Okay, 11 p.m. I'm going to set it up for him. Lakers nightcap with Joe Sorrow. Please go ahead and check out. You know he's got some things to say there as well. You know it's bad when he's here, and he's going to be there talking to you as well tonight for a nightcap. Also as well, join John Costa on the Lakers Corner and Clutch Talk. His great shows, his great channels. And speaking of great things you need to support, Lakerholics.com. We had Jamie Sweet from the kitchen. I warned him about tonight's game. And today was, as he would say, it's a trap. As Admiral Akbar, that he would. It is indeed a trap. So go ahead and check out what they have to say after a miserable performance tonight and a terrible coaching job by Darvin Ham. At Lakerholics.com. Also, Swell, go ahead and check out and support. Very sad places to go right now. They need all the cheering up you can get. Uh, include so funny. I'll, I'll I'll save it for my intro here with the Lakers and Five, Empire Jeff TV. Uh, also, again, Daniel Berry Sports Highlights, John McCallion Channel, John's Great Channels. Please support all these great channels and please like and subscribe to get the latest notifications here with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. Well, yesterday I did a show, and I entitled it uh, as far as what the Lakers were going to do. Are the Lakers starting to figure things out? A couple hours later, Empire Jeff did its show. He titled his show, Are the Lakers Starting to Figure Things Out? So the question was, on both of our shows, were the Lakers starting to figure things out as the Brooklyn Nets came into the crypt today, winners of only three of their last 
17 games. Three and 14 in their last 17. I want to repeat that to you. Three and 14 in their last 17 games. And the Lakers only had one thing they needed to do. They needed to stop them from shooting threes. And you know what? They couldn't even get that right. After a first half that was, uh, well, with the Lakers, you could tell. They were up by as many as 12. But just really, they could have been a lot farther out. They could have done a lot better. They could have had more energy. They could have done a lot more to get a larger lead because you knew they were going to take their foot off the gas at some point. And in the third quarter, however advantageous the third quarter was for us a couple of days ago, was not the case today as the Lakers got destroyed in the third quarter, 38 to 22. And then actually, you know what? Let's just say the second half as a whole because they got outscored 68 to 44 in that second half and it was never even close lebron james absolutely miserable game missing terrible shot missing short short shots missing layups missing point blank shots at the rim time and time again 24 points 11 rebounds five assists gonna say but absolutely just did not get the job done for us today anthony davis 26 and 12 with two blocks and six assists Austin Reeves, nine points today. He didn't show up. D'Angelo Russell gave us points early, but didn't really give us anything when we needed to in the third quarter. He had 20. Our bench outside of Jared Vanderbilt with a surprising outburst from him, 12 points, gave us absolutely nothing. And the Lakers just couldn't find any rhythm in the second half and absolutely refused to guard the 47 three-point attempts made by the Brooklyn Nets as they went 19 for 47, 52% overall, 40% from behind the arc, and they end up just cruising it over the Lakers, putting them back down under 500, 21 and 22 on the season. They are still in 10th place in the Western Conference, I believe. Yes, 21 and 22, 10th place in the Western Conference. And here today to discuss, first man up, first man here, Good man indeed. He is a very pissed off individual. If you heard playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break and our simulcast was simulcasted out to all of our different formats, including YouTube, Facebook, and more. It is Joe Sorrow. And Joe, great to have you here. Absolutely, absolutely disgusting performance today by the Lakers. I am just embarrassed that whatever success that we had in the past two games, two step forward, one step back. No, it's more like one step forward, two steps back. We've watched basketball for a very, very long time. And there's there's instincts that you have when you're watching a game that you can you can see develop. They had a phenomenal first quarter based off points scored. They were up nine after one. However, if you've watched basketball as long as we have you still had this inkling that there was major mistakes going on and you were worried about it costing them later. At least that's how I looked at it. This drop coverage defense needs to be engulfed in the hottest molten lava and with Darvin Ham in it. It doesn't work. Your old coach kept being stubborn and doing this, and his ass is out of Milwaukee. He does not coach anymore. 
He is not a head coach anymore. At what point are you going to understand that leaving NBA players open from the three is not a good idea? What are you saving for? Why are you not guarding these guys? And what happened was they kept staying in the game. The Lakers were up eight. They were up nine. They are up eight. They are up nine. They are up ten. They are up eight. They are up nine. And the only reason why they weren't up 20 is because the stubborn dumbass will not allow his team to play an efficient defensive scheme. And then on top of that, you have your rotations that suck. How many times are you going to put in Max Christie in the worst position possible on this team? How many times are you not going to play your big players when you're playing small players? Is it that difficult? For some idiot like me somewhere in Temecula recognizing this and you don't and you're an NBA head coach. How does this happen? I don't understand it. I don't understand the logic or the common sense. Why? Are you paid off? Are you making another $10 million doing stupid crap every game? Guard the three. Just guard it. If they make the shot and they started doing that in the second half, they actually started guarding and they still made it. You know why? Because you allowed them to have confidence to make the shot. This is a momentum confident game in the NBA. Everyone is good in the NBA. Everyone can play basketball in the NBA. If you give them any momentum or any confidence, they're going to whoop your ass. It doesn't matter if they're coming in with six wins on the road. Imagine that. You got your ass whooped by a team that had six road wins coming into mid-January. And you just beat Oklahoma City and Dallas to start something maybe of some positiveness. And what did you do? Stood there with your freaking hand up your ass, up your dick. I don't know where the hell it was this time. And this is the result. And then on top of that, you had LeBron missing every layup. You know what? We heard this all our life in the NBA. Your shot sometimes doesn't go through. But you know what you can do? You can put the effort on the other side and get and at least give yourself a shot. But you don't even do that. You don't even give any effort in guarding NBA players that are getting wide open shots. You got away with it in Oklahoma, against Oklahoma City and Dallas because they missed. These guys didn't miss. So change the strategy. But you don't. You just stand there doing nothing. I'm, I'm tired of this. I don't care if they win the next 10 games. I have no feeling for this team. They're dead to me. I'm going to commentate. I'm going to comment. And that's it. Game, dead, game. We've already said this. I'm done. I'm not I'm not falling for this anymore. I don't, I don't care if they whoop Portland next week, or I'm sorry, on Sunday. And I don't care if they beat the Clippers on Tuesday next week. I have no confidence in this team. You got to get rid of Darvin Ham tonight. At least I don't have to look at him. They're still going to lose, but I don't want to look at that guy anymore. I'm tired of it. It was a bad hire by bad GM decision by a bad owner allowing the GM to do this. 
You did not get the right leader again. You killed the steam with the Westbrook trade, and then you killed the steam officially. And I see the team that I'm talking about is that the the LeBron AD era. You just killed it. You killed it with this coach officially in my book. I'm done. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I don't feel like that people have done that as much, especially with this international release. You can get it out there right now. I know you can get it out there, but it, it feels like this time last year, people have just been like, oh, you can get you the Here's cell a phone version yeah. that was taped somewhere where it's like, you know, <laughs> shell shaky has some dude or some family that's walking right in front of you as they're climbing their seat with the popcorn already in hand. You oh, know, come on, that, really? yeah, that version is already available. Yeah. But I mean, like with a mono I, sound. There you go. Oh, God. Yeah, that's that's the worst part. You only get sound in the left ear, yep. not the right ear. <laughs> I Something like that. You can find that version already if you really want it. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is the Lakers losing 130-112. Also here today, good man indeed. He is the mastermind behind Lakers Corner and also as well Clutch Talk. Please go ahead and support those great channels today wherever you get your podcasts. It is John Costa. And John, you always ask me, you know, guys, I'd like to go ahead and make a short. I'd like to make a short. As I said in the notes, after tonight's performance, after tonight's embarrassment, after tonight's shellacking, after tonight's ass-kicking, after tonight's whatever it is that you want to say, now is the good time with either my rant or Joe's to make a damn short for Lakers Fast Break. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you, my brother. Man, let's talk about this game because that was ridiculous. Like, honestly, I really felt like I was watching two totally different teams from between the first half and the second half, like legitimately, I felt like I switched I switched the game and went to watch a whole different team because early in the game, man, D'Angelo Russell, he was being aggressive. He was looking to score. He was being more confident. The floor was opening up because D'Lo was knocking his, three, his threes down. As a team, we were, we were knocking our three-pointers down, so the floor was wide open in the middle for LeBron and Anthony Davis to just run their pick and roll. D'Lo ended up finishing with 13 points in the first quarter. He had two three-pointers as – just in that first corner, and and if anyone is out there playing price picks, D'Lo was set for two three-pointers the entire game, and he already hit that if you went on the over um, for, for D'Lo and his three-pointers. And then Cam Thomas, you know, he he ran off that 14, 14 points in about like five, six minutes. They came back into this game. Second quarter, it was kind of tough for us, uh, but really mainly was because uh, the Nets hit so many three-pointers in that second quarter, and that kept them in this game. And then came the third quarter. Here's what I'm talking about, you guys. Here's what I'm talking about. Two drastically different teams. Like, it it isn't even a situation that, like, 
oh, shots aren't going in. Because just like how Joe said, sometimes you can't control shots, right? Like you can just do all you can, but you cannot control that basketball going in the hoop. You can put yourself in the best situation for them for the basketball to go in the hoop, and you can do your work early for the for, for you to put yourself in the best situation for that ball to go in the hoop, but you can't control that. But what you can control is effort. What you can control is just the you know opposing your will. Shout out, shout out, Jamie. You know, Jamie was I, I just I just made a short for him uh, talking about uh, Austin Reeves and um, how he how he is our our Draymond Green or whatnot. And early in that short, he was talking about um, how when Anthony Davis imposes his will, there's just nothing much that nobody there's nothing much anybody can do. I don't understand like where in what's going on in Anthony Davis's head when in the first half he is imposing that will. He is imposing that will, and it's working to an amazingness. I mean, between D'Lo, LeBron, and AD, they scored 50 of our 60, our 68 points in that first half. But then in the second half, like, is it a, is it a, um, like a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, he's complacent. It, like, is it a complacency issue where he just gets complacent? Like, what's the deal? Like, you know what's working. You know the formula. Yeah, you go away from it in the, in the, in the third quarter. I'm really just it's in the called a half. coach sitting there with a hands in his pockets, not even realizing his team is losing all of its drive. Exactly. Its so momentum. exactly right. So here's my next point, <laughs> and I think somebody said this in the chat. Any single run that the Lakers put together in that third quarter, which wasn't much, but anytime they got any type of momentum, you know what Jacques Vaughn was doing? He was calling a timeout and making adjustments. You know what our coach was doing? Doing absolutely nothing. And like how you just said, Gerald, making no adjustments at all and just sitting there with his hands in his pocket, a.k.a. Darwin Warm Hands Ham. And honestly, you guys, like like how Joe said, you know, I'm pretty pissed off. I don't know if I'm as pissed off as, pissed off as Joe. I heard Joe's rant. But, man, I, I'm just – I'm tired of this team, man. And 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 just on just just when I, you know, finally was thinking, like, all right, cool. You know, we got this two-game winning streak going. Darvin Han's been a little bit more consistent with his rotations, with his lineups. D'Lo's been starting to get it going. Oh, I'm starting to feel maybe there's, you know, a turn of a page. Maybe these players had a fire lit under their ass because they're saying, Oh, damn, I might be out of my job. I might not be playing in Los Angeles. I might not be in sunny California. I might get shipped out to freaking, I don't know, <laughs> Detroit, <laughs> right? So they were like, I, 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 let me step up. And just when I thought that, this is what we do. Um, honestly, guys, I'm disappointed. Austin Reeves, where in the fudge is that third score? Where in the heck is that third punch, that third option for us? Hasn't been there as of late. and. Last thing I'll say is Cam Thomas, guys, if you were just watching this game tonight, he was matchup hunting the entire night. He was just going for the favorable matchup and exposing it. It's nights like this that makes me miss players like Cam Reddish because uh, with, with with Cam Reddish well, not be there. Be careful, be careful, because they say if you say nice things about Cam, we all say same things about Cam, nice things about Cam. That is true. That is true. So, so, so. Every so when I say this, everybody hear me out. Then I'm not saying Cam Reddish is the answer. 
every night. But there are certain nights where we need more of a defensive mind of the perimeter defensive minded player than Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell. And I think that a, t- a night like tonight, when we face a small team like the like the Brooklyn Nets, and they got Cam Thomas just absolutely matchup hunting, whether it's D'Lo out there or whether it's AR out there, somebody's gonna get exposed. It's nights like this that makes me miss Cam Reddish, man. But oh, man, tough, tough loss tonight, you guys. Once again, it is the Lakers losing 131-12. My God, I have been able to take Nyquil. And I delayed it for two and a half hours for this crap. Absolutely terrible. Embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. A dumpster fire we saw in the second half today. And here today to describe the dumpster. At least we entertained them. At least the best part about the game was the ending that I could have entertained you, Alan Gervais, Alan, uh, Alan YST, and everybody on playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. I still don't know how I did it, but I guess I did it. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice. And Sean, great to have you here. Uh, I don't want to even go into how because it's not describable for uh, public radio or public broadcasting exactly again how the comments that were made there. But I'm glad you laughed, my friend. I'm glad it was great to hear you laugh because it was a laugher for the Nets as well. That's the problem I have. The problem I have is how embarrassing the Lakers took this game. They never took it seriously. They should have dusted off this team in the first half when they had the chance. When they were leading 9-1, to one, they should have taken off and ran off and hid right from then. I, I think we need to clear up a couple of things just for um, people who may misunderstand or maybe because they're listening to bozos on the call who over tend to overanalyze things, they can kind of get confusing. So drop coverage is dependent firstly, secondly, and thirdly on one thing, and that's communication. If you're not communicating, drop coverage won't work. I don't care if Giannis is on the floor with Brooke Lopez and you have um, Tony Allen on the perimeter along with Kobe Breen Bryant. It's just not going to work. If there's no communication, it, it's it's utterly independent of personnel. And <clears throat> other than other than Anthony, there's really not a whole lot of communication going on with the drop coverage. Okay. <clears throat> the this the B part to this issue is that you are prov- you are playing drop coverage for one reason, one reason alone. That's because there is a threat of a big on the other team who can either roll and pick and pop. Well, let's be honest. There's really nobody like that on the nets who should be considered a threat like that. Nobody. However, they have really smart basketball players. As much as Spencer Dinwiddie has been struggling through this before was a three and 14 stretch drilled. He's a smart basketball player. Mikhail Bridges is a smart basketball player. Cam Thomas, not so much. He's a chucker. A good dude is a professional chucker. Now, normally when you have a chucker on your team, that chucker usually gets into the flow of an offense and at the expense of the other four dudes on the floor. But that didn't happen tonight because the Lakers do not execute drop coverage at all. You need to be keep your man in front of you. 
Austin can't do it. Torian Prince can't do it. D'Lo can't do it. LeBron can't do it anymore, Gerald. The only guy on the perimeter who can keep somebody in front of him at least for 10 seconds or more is Jared Vanderbilt. Again, your drop coverage, not going to work in that situation. But yet this moron, and I'm calling you a moron again, Darvin Ham, you're a moron coach. This moron continues to go back to the well, as Joe, as Joseph said, time and time again. And he's it's not a wishing well, Gerald. He wants he's turning it into a wishing well. There's not gold at the at the bottom of that well. It's just a whole lot of junk. And that's the point. That's the point. His drop coverage is garbage because the communication is poor. He has not the requisite perimeter players to execute that. And and finally, Gerald, when we're talking about drop coverage, the point of the ultimately the end game is there is to prevent prevent three point shots and drives. And the Lakers haven't been able to prevent either of those two. You're supposed to execute drop coverage so most of the shots are from the mid range. That's the whole point of it. The game is 94-50. That's the length of the court. So let's split that in half. So that's 47 by 25. There are only so many spots on the floor where you should be able to execute drop coverage properly. Except when you have poor communication and you don't have the perimeter players to execute it. There is no communication. And I'm... mm, Just save myself there. I I got myself like John did. He is a coach when it comes to defensive schemes. When you're, <clears throat> if drop coverage isn't working, then you go to a scram or you go to a zone. That's pretty. That's pretty easy to figure out. Or why weren't you? Why weren't you icing Dinwiddie or Bridges? Ice them because the whole point. One of the factors in drop coverage is that. If I'm going to if I'm going to be a point of attack, then I have to I have to be aware that if the ball handler rejects the original screen, screen left, screen right, those are the only two options. If it's been if it's been denied because he's going that that ball handler is going to find another way to try and get you off your game. But again, there's no secondary communication, no tertiary communication. Darvin Ham sucks at his job. He sucks. And while we <clears throat> there are issues with the personnel, no doubt about it, the fact of the matter is, is Darvin Ham has the same level of defenders as he had last year. And yet the drop coverage has gotten worse. It's progressively gotten worse because his communication sucks. If the communication on the basketball court is bad between the players, it, it's a direct reflection of the coach. Right here, Darvin. Right here. Your drop coverage sucks. I could I could coach this team better on drop coverage than you, man. And I'd be I'd be willing. You've been assistant coach for 12 years. You know the game inside and out, or though you say you do. I challenge you. I challenge you, Darvin. I challenge you to prove to me that you know exactly how to execute drop coverage because I don't believe you do. I hope he 
I hope he takes you up on that challenge, Magic Man. I'm not gonna lie, because I, I remember we we had challenged him a couple of streams ago uh, to teach the Lakers how to break a zone, and then they you know they they learn how to break a zone. So maybe he uh, he'll take you up on that challenge, hopefully. But just real quick, I just want to jump in here real quick because I seen in the chat uh, Rondell Johnson talk about how uh, he didn't know how you know Cam Reddish would help this one, and I also seen another chat that he threw in there saying Cam Reddish savior. Now, I never said Cam Reddish was a savior. Please, if you can go back in the stream, go back in the stream. I did not say he was a savior. I said in this game, he would have been helped to us because we were getting hunted on the perimeter because of the way Cam Thomas was just absolutely going to work. And on the perimeter, we, again, because Cam Reddish could not be out there, we had to have either D'Lo or AR out there, and both are going to be a defensive liabilities, and both are going to be matchup hunting nightmares for us. And that's a that, that's a dream for Cam Thomas. Let me just say, let me just interrupt you for a second. I apologize, John. Stop taking our words out of context. Stop it. Man. You guys Come know on, people. that's a bunch of BS. You guys ask us not to do that to you. Same goes. It goes both ways. Okay. The mm -hmm. Lakers stink right now. He was just offering a solution that may have helped a little bit towards the solution. Cam's not uh, a fix it all type deal. He's terrible on offense. Absolutely terrible. He's an adventure every time he goes to the rim. Yet he plays decent defense on the perimeter of anybody on the team, Vanderbilt included. But he is not certainly could have helped you tonight enough to win this game. This was an overall team disappointment. This was an overall team lack of effort. And this was overall bad coaching job by Darvin Ham. I don't think you could have gotten anybody right now in the NBA, one player that could have changed the dynamic enough to get this Lakers uh, team up and running that would, it would have changed the uh, outcome. And, or, you know, as far as the course of this game, the Lakers just didn't want to win. The Lakers quit halfway through the third quarter, it was very evident, okay? They were just not caring at all. Their body, it, language, their mannerisms, they looked like they didn't give a damn. And if that's the case, why should we give a damn as well? That's what's irritating me is because we're here. We're. I just say, I told him and I told people out there, don't play back. We're trying to be here 365 days a year to go ahead and report on the Lakers. Mm -hmm. If we're doing that, that must mean we give a damn. Why can't they go out there and give a damn against a team that has won three out of its last 17 games. Oh, yeah. And Magic Man, go ahead, and then I'll get Joe back in here real quick after that. Go ahead, John. Yeah, but Gerald, like, I I, I, I read Rodell's email, and again, like, I'll do respect. Like, I don't think people really understand what they're watching. Rodell, Vando isn't a point-of-attack defender. He's he's never been a point of attack defender. He's a wing stopper that could that can at times be a nuisance or uh, an irritant. Well, the, he has to, an issue guard. Get cutting he's through screens, point, he's, Na navigating he's, through screens is an issue. Always an issue. Well, uh, all due respect, Gerald, uh, I think if you put him, you put him in a telephone booth. He is not a point of attack defender. He gets beaten quite a bit. Well, most everybody in the point. NBA does. But yeah, we, but that, we talked about yeah, Zach yeah, Levine but, but tonight. See, this is this is the point though. Vando is not a point of attack defender. He never has been. Stop saying it, people out there. Rodell, he is not a point of attack defender. He is a wing stopper. That's what he is. And there's a difference. And it's you'd you'd have to pay attention to the game inside the game, Gerald, because 
would you say Cam Reddish is a point of attack defender, Gerald? I just don't think they have good defenders, period. I think the problem is we don't have good guard point of attack defenders. Vanderbilt is a slightly, his statistics bear out that he's a slightly above average defender. That's what that's what showcases on the defensive rating. That's what showcases as far as the eyeballs are concerned. But the problem mm-hmm. is, outside of tonight, where he got a season high tonight of 12, he is such they, – they have little respect for him. If you saw out there how little respect they gave him on the offensive end, they literally left him open like 15, 20 feet away from him, and then he goes underneath, and then he leaves a wide open from there. But let me get Joe back in here real quick. Joe, again – you know, we could talk about all these little things and little problems. It's a larger problem with the Lakers. It's a larger problem of effort. It's a larger problem of talent. And it's a larger problem about coaching and who's running this team right now. Leadership matters, especially at the head coaching position. And this team does not have a leader or a head coach. There's This is not a head coach. I would not put Darvin Ham on any chair to coach. And you all know how much I I don't give two craps about assistant coaches. Assistant coaches mean nothing to me. This is not the NFL. This is not a guru offensive coordinator or some stout defensive coordinator. The NBA is all talent and head coach. That's it. The assistants are there to assist in maybe, uh, I don't know, drawing up some things here and there, uh, setting up certain things during whatever practice they're doing, obviously, if they're doing even that. I don't have any feeling towards an assistant coach, an assistant coach other than maybe uh, Tom Thibodeau in 2008. Everyone else doesn't mean anything to me. At this point, the Lakers, uh, speaking of Tom Thibodeau and the the 08 Celtics, Doc Rivers uh, commented uh, not too long ago that the body language in that locker room is death. And they have no fight when there's an inkling of any adversity. So whose fault is that? A little bit maybe of the players. Could it be maybe LeBron and AD aren't good enough player leaders for this? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we should blame LeBron a little more. But how do you blame a guy who's been playing for 50 years. He looked hey, awful tonight. I'm going to get Rodell says we're not hard he on did. him. I'm going to be hard on him. He but is awful tonight. I keep reading that we had a great first quarter. We did not have a good first quarter. On offense, you can say, yeah, but there was a problem brewing in the first quarter. And I kept explaining to – I was even off air. I was like – these guys better stop giving these guys these open shots. They got complacent. They thought they were they thought the Nets were going to do what Dallas and Oklahoma City did the last two games. You cannot rely on that. This guy does not call timeouts when you need to. He has no pulse on his team. He has no strategy to go into any game for four quarters and execute it. It's always running behind. He's always running behind. The team is running behind. And the second it starts to get out of their reach, they lose enthusiasm. They start missing layups. And they start – I mean, the only thing I saw that was positive tonight and in really the last three games is they're finally getting AD the ball deep in the post. 
but it wasn't enough because even if AD is scoring two points, you're giving those guys free three-pointers. So you're losing in that sequence. You're losing a point every time you do that. You're not guarding the freaking players. Guard them, okay? Put your hand up. You know that Reeves and D'Angelo cannot guard these guys in a, in a vacuum, in a freaking guest room, in a family room, in a master bedroom. They can't guard anyone one-on-one. -on -one. Put them in a position to at least keep it honest. But you're not. You're not. You're making it worse. You're making them worse when you're just floating. Sean said there's no communication. What happens in life when there's no communication? And that's the problem in life. Probably number one, communication. Why are there divorces at a 60% clip? You'll go back. Communication. There's no communication anywhere on this team. Nowhere. And when you don't have that, you get, you get bad things. You get sulking. You get bad execution. Why aren't they doing it? You're in January. I'm not going to buy your no practice BS. Get their asses in the damn, in the damn, get their asses in the office, which is the court, and teach them. Do something. What do they do? What does this guy do? I want to know. I really want to know. Who's out there that's a Laker media person? Who? I want to know what they're doing behind the closed doors. We used to see stuff. We don't see anything anymore. Maybe it's because we don't. they're not doing anything. Who decided that these guys shouldn't practice? Who? I want to know. I'm, 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 I really want to know. No one will ask. No one will ask. No, we're going to watch Sportsnet. We're going to watch all these shows, and they're just going to say, well, they didn't play well. Well, they struggled. Well, all those stupid comments that George Carlin used to talk about, all those reverse words that people would manipulate. I, I, it's, 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 it's over. Folks, we're going to be here 365, but, man, I am going to. It's scorched earth from here on out. I don't care whether they win or lose. I'm going to pay attention to every – Darvin Ham has to go, but I also want you to know it won't matter on top of it. But at least we won't have to look at him anymore. I'm done looking at this guy. I don't want to even look at him. He does nothing. So you might as well just get Phil Handy to do the job. At least Phil Handy has a good disposition. That's it. That's all I got. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. It is Joe Soro, John Costa, Magic Man, Sean Grice, and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this. And the Lakers get embarrassed tonight at home, 130 to 112. They're now 21 and 22 on the season. Still 10th place in the Western Conference. John, let me get you some of the comments Darvin Hamp made after the game tonight uh, in this press conference with the 
usual press that Joe just talked about before the break. Uh, he said, and I quote, it's over for the excuses. We got to play basketball. We just have to decide which team we're going to be. He said in the second half, they started to make a run and we just kind of fell apart. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> That's hilarious. That is hilarious. Wow. So you observant. Know, you know what's so funny? So he said, no, it's, t- it's time for us to make no excuses, right? And then he said, they went on the run in the second half and we just couldn't do anything about it. Dog. What? His words, not mine. Dog. What in the F do you think your role is in that run? Like, like seriously, like, what is going on through his mind? Like, how can he legitimately say this? Like, like no joke, y'all. Like, for real. 38. There's no way he seriously just says that. That's the most contradicting statement I think I've ever heard in my life. He just said, "It's we, we run, we've run out of excuses. We can't do no more excuses. And then you go ahead and say, they went on a run in the second half. We just couldn't do anything about it. What in the world? That honestly doesn't even make sense, you guys. Like, I know sometimes I like to, you know, sometimes I, I like to bring about bring in the numbers and talk about the numbers and talk about the, like the analytics side of the game. But like, no, nah, like for real, like this is just regular, basic human uh, common sense. You are the coach. At some point, you need to call a timeout. That is how the game of basketball is played. Basketball is all about rhythm. I mean, <laughs> that's exactly what goes on in Darvin, Darvin Ham's mind. Just nothing during the game. But l- listen, like th- this is one thing I'll say: is like basketball is a game that's all about rhythm. It's all about feel. If you if you feel feel the rhythm, you feel good. You play good. Everything's going on for you. It's gonna be looking good, man. But the only way to stop rhythm in basketball is by calling a timeout, trying to ice it, trying to cool it down. And if the other team is that much on fire, they're going to keep going through your timeout. But you got to at least try to call a timeout to stop the rhythm. Like, that's crazy to me, Gerald. I'm not going to lie, man. I cannot believe. And and I, I'll be honest as well. Like, I'm not too big of a person that, like, I listen to interviews and stuff after. Like, I'm, 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 I'm a hooper. Like, I watch the game. I like to watch the game, and then after I get ready to come on here, do the post game. But so I don't really even pay attention much to like post game interviews. But that's insane. I cannot believe Darvin Ham would say such a contradicting statement like that. And I can. I mean, you, you know what? You're right because I, I, I was going to say you're right because we th- I think back to a couple streams ago when uh, when the Lakers were on that four game losing streak, and he just said he's like, oh yeah, everyone uh, wins and uh, dies and lives and dies over our wins and losses, like. That's crazy, man. And then LeBron, the one, the one that's supposed not even supposed to be taking accountability. I think it's Darvin Ham that should be taking it. LeBron takes accountability and says we suck. So you know what? You're right, Gerald. I can't believe that this cornball said that. It's insane. So Magic Man, uh, again, the Lakers are now find themselves a game below 500. Uh, you know, it just it's just really disappointing. It's just absolutely disappointing to see what this team does. Two great wins, great victories. We thought things were starting to turn around. Both, you know, I had, like I told you, I made the description as far as are they starting to put it together? Empire Jeff, a couple hours later on his show, same exact thing. Could they? Look like it. Kind of look like it. But I said in the pregame to Jamie, watch, just be careful. Just be careful and don't put too much into this, what's right now. And, 
Yeah, sure enough, they they let us down tonight, Magic Man. An absolutely inexcusable loss. You, These are the games you have to win. I mean, everybody talks about at the end of the season where the Lakers will be. This is one of the reasons why they will not be where you want them to be at the end of the season. That's correct, Gerald. 100%. 21-22. You are the definition of your identity. And I've I've been <clears throat> kind of pondering this uh, for a few weeks now. And I've been constantly hearing the same apathetic line. The Lakers don't have an identity. The Lakers don't have an identity. Oh, we do. We do. We're the most consistently inconsistent Lakers team I've watched since probably 2012-2013. So it's been, been around 11-12 years since a team wearing the purple and gold has been this consistently inconsistent. And that's their identity. The offense is inconsistently inconsistent. The defense is consistently inconsistent. Uh, the only thing that isn't is a coaching. It's god-awful, horrible, terrible, horror-awful, whatever synonyms you want to put together. This, this guy... This guy couldn't catch crabs from a Mexican whorehouse, Darvin Ham. Um, he's just absolutely pathetic. Um, I think I think if uh, if Space Chunk hit him in the head, it wouldn't even uh, cause cause a change in um, philosophy. Uh, it it's beyond it's beyond stubbornness at this point. It's sheer survivalism that that's all he's doing here he only knows how to do one thing defensively and he's going to keep going back to it um you've seen this time and time again uh maybe maybe for some of our viewers who are you know maybe i would say like 28 and under if if you haven't seen this before this is common especially in professional sports, is that if a guy knows that the house is on fire, then he's just going to sit there and say, that's eh, okay. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. It's that, it's that, it's that gif all over again, Gerald, the house is on fire. And Darvin Ham is just saying, everything's fine. Don't worry. Everything's fine. The fire department will be here soon. You're on mute, Gerald. Well, yeah, well, I'll say this. Thank you, Sean. Well, I'll say this, you know, when you hear the post-game comments from him, and I'll bring it over to Joe. He sounds uh, like a politician, Gerald. That's what that sounded like. He finally <laughs> says, yeah, well, exactly. Well, finally, he says, Joe, that it's over for the excuses. We got to play basketball. Like, they shouldn't have played basketball from the very get-go of the season. We have to decide which team we're going to be. They started to make a run, and we just kind of fell apart. I can't believe he just says these things right off the top of his head and, and expects people not to go ahead and, you know, answer back to it, Joe. It's just, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Did anybody uh, ask him a follow-up question that kind of hinted at the fact that what he's saying is ridiculous? No, no, no. they're they're worried about oh, their press, yes, uh, right? And and that is that is a big part of. They're worried about not going remote, Ramona Shelburne. That's what that's what uh, that's what a control environment does, right? Because your feelings get hurt 
when the truth is in your face. The truth is, it doesn't matter what Darvin Ham says. He could sit there and twirl in a tutu and say that he's flying to the moon. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you're in the results business, like most grown ass adults, you don't care what this does. This means nothing, okay? You're in the results business. There are no results. And not only are there no results, you keep trying to do the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Now, that's an old saying of that's insanity when you do that. It's not insanity in my book. It's stupidity. You can say stubbornness. Okay, I'll take that one. But it's stupidity. Why are you being stupid if something's not working? Okay, let, let's give Darvin Ham the benefit of the doubt. Let's just say this team sucks. Darvin Ham didn't make LeBron miss those layups, right? Darvin Ham didn't make Austin Reeves not be able to cover anybody. But there's one problem with that logic tonight is that this isn't is this is not a problem tonight this has been a problem since you've been a coach you do not know how to adjust and to form the talent that you have i'm not expecting him to be phil jackson i'm expecting him to understand what needs to get done from a coaching scheme standpoint and we are intelligent enough to know that certain decisions there are not working yet it keeps getting put in there over and over again i'm going to go back to this and i know i have a show tonight so i don't want to spill everything right now there's going to need to be some more information there but i want to know why you can't do the simple things the simple things before Two weeks ago, it was the zone that took us out in back-to-back games. Why are you not adjusting to a zone when you have guys on the bench that could help you? Why are you not understanding that you are playing well in the first quarter, yet you keep allowing your opponent to stay in, in a close distance? It's, it's, it, it was the feeling I had in the first quarter. I'm like, why are you letting them stay in this game? This game should be a 20-point lead. But what does he do? Well, 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 we'll stay hot, right? We'll continue to score 38 points in the second quarter, in the third quarter. No, no. And now the pressure gets on the LeBron. The pressure gets on the AD. Now Austin is tight because he's so worried about getting burned and he's not thinking. And then you give those guys just a little bit of confidence. And then it doesn't matter in the second half. If you put your ass in their face, they're still going to make that shot. You screwed yourself up before you even knew it. And this is not the first time this year. You keep losing home games to inferior teams. You have two superstars on your team. LeBron is still a star. He's still effective. Even if he's missing layups, He's still a star. He's still playing well. Why are you so inept? How are you one game 
below 500. How are you going to convince me that this is a talent issue? When I'm watching the games and I'm seeing poor execution, poor strategy, and poor adjustments. We're sitting here looking at Frank Vogel a few years back. We see him have one bad game and we wanted to throw him out. I, I, I honestly, I'm not joking. I, I never felt Frank Vogel coaching a game and going, oh my God, I want to just throw this guy out the window. In, all, in the two plus years, he was whatever, however many years, depending on how you factored in the seasons, however long he was a Laker coach. Like, I don't remember that feeling. Because I think because he had the basics down at least. This guy has been terrible the moment I heard him talk at media day a year and a half ago. It's it. It's it. There's nothing the Lakers can do other than manifest two superstars for chunk change, which is not going to happen. The Lakers, there's no Murray. You can get Murray in here. You can get Brown in here. It will not matter. He'll put him in a bad position. He'll put him in a bad role. It won't work. This guy needs to go. And I'm going to be very clear here. And it won't matter in the end, but at least we don't have to see him anymore. The Lakers are done this year, folks. And what I mean by done is they are not winning a championship. It's over. We're going to be here for another three months playing with our own, you know, what's <laughs> that's what we're going to be doing. And hopefully that'll be entertaining enough for you. It seemed to be at the end of the show at the end of the game for magic, man, that's for sure. So. Yeah, there you go. Once again, it is the Lakers losing one thirty to one twelve. Please, I, join. I've, I've already been told my my laugh is very similar to uh, Mark Hamill's portrayal of the Joker. Okay, yes, it was a good laugh. It was good to see you laugh. It was good to see you have fun, even if it was at my expense. Oh uh, well, actually, I don't even know if it was we, my expense. I have to we don't it. know whose expense it was at. I that's, have to watch the playback, a playback to find out exactly goal. what happened on playback. So yeah, somebody I have to find breathing, out. Somebody was breathing very heavily. I'll just leave it at I that. I had, I was out of the room, and I had my headphones uh -huh. right here. Yep. Yeah. Sure. Right here yep. on this. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, this cord does not go that far. I'm sorry, my friend. It does not go all the way out to my dining room. Sorry. Hate to give you the bearer bad mm -hmm. news on that one, but it could have been me. I don't know. It could have been me. I, I'm, I'll take a look and see what. I'll, I'll let you know. It's like a four-hour, three or four-hour feed, but I'll take a look. I'll, I'll, I'll take some time tomorrow and see if I can do that. But once I'll again, it is my leg and tell me it's raining, Gerald. It's raining, Sean. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It's <laughs> Magic Man, Sean Grice, Joe Sorrell, and John Costa. Please take care of John Costa by liking and subscribing his great channels, Clutch Talk and Lakers Corner. Uh, John, uh, want to get you in here. Joe, uh, whenever you're ready, man, you want to go ahead and uh, set up. I've got the, the room set up for you for on Talk Studio for the Lakers nightcap with Joe. So you want us to stay on the air until it's your time to go? How do you want to do it? My friend? It's totally up to you, uh, Gerald. I yeah, will, that's, that's good. We can do like I that professional, the, like one goes off the air, the other one goes. Yeah, off the I air. will start. I'll, I, I'm going to give myself, uh, and I'll, I'll stay here for another about 10 minutes. And then after that, I'll start transitioning to the show and preparing for uh, a more elaborate. And if any of you all want to Sean, John, or Gerald, if you want to join, uh, you're more than welcome to join. This is going to be a show where 
it's going to be more somber. It's going to be the beginning of the end here because I feel like that's what we're seeing here. Well, we I do appreciate the large crowd tonight. We had closing in on 100 people tonight, so that's uh, that's a pretty good sign for that. So truly appreciate you joining us. It seems like you guys really love us when we're losing. Uh, but, John, let me get you back in here, my friend. Uh, yeah, if you want to join Joe uh, or Sean, join Joe tonight for the <laughs> Lakers nightcap. You guys are more than welcome to. I am going to be editing and then drinking NyQuil and heading off to bed for myself because I've got a headache. Also fever, so that isn't a good combination. But before we go, my friend, I want to hear your thoughts, man. It this is, I mean, with all the momentum that you had coming into this game after the two big wins over two teams currently in the playoff standings, how far does this loss set them back? This this loss <clears throat> this loss sets us back so far, and the like the reason why I say this loss sets us back so far is like. I mean, at this point, you know, every win matters. Like we are, we are fighting right there for that absolute last playing spot, which is just absolutely ridiculous. But I you know the reason why I say this, like this loss really, really hurts. And this loss matters a lot is because like realistically, yes, you know, LeBron James wasn't all that. And like, yes, Anthony Davis wasn't all that in the second half. But like in that first half, we were, we were clicking on all cylinders. LeBron James had 20 plus, Anthony Davis had 20 plus, both had a both had a double double tonight. Uh we we had that I guess in theory that third score in D'Angelo Russell. He ended the night with 20 points. He's been a little bit more consistent, but even with all that, like it just it just felt flat. Like it 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 just felt flat. And to me the reason we felt flat in that second half was all because of effort. A theme that we've been saying in this show so a lot of the times it's like all right, if the shots aren't falling, that's all good. But do other things to affect the game. And play with effort. Play Exactly. Do other things to affect the game. And one of those other things that, that's affecting the game, it's called playing with effort. Exactly. It's hustling. And that's just not something that, something that, 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 that this team looks like they have the ability to do. Darvin Ham, it's crazy because, like – I go on this on this swing with him. I'm not gonna lie. You know, I, I'm I get tired of him, and then sometimes I'm like, all right, you know what? We've hit rock bottom. Maybe he's learned. You know, maybe he's learned. Maybe it took him the rock bottom, and maybe it took him 11 different starting lineups for him to figure out what's worked. But you know what? He figured it out. And damn, dang, was I wrong. Dang, was I wrong, man. You can because... say damn. That's okay. Okay. Well, damn, well, damn, was I wrong, man. Because it's just the S word and the F word. That's the runs that really get Apple Podcasts really up in arms. So Absolutely. that's the why you hear me do the countdown when somebody goes off on that. And so, Magic Man's been wanting to say it now all show long after. So, man, I, I'll, I'll, I'll end it with that. Um, it's, I said this, I said this a couple of streams ago. Um, I believe it was like two or three streams ago. If there is any hope for this team to win a championship, it's out the window. Like uh, Joe just said it. Like bring whoever you want, unless we bring Giannis, unless we bring Jokic. I, I just, I just do not see this team contending, even at its absolute best. I'm gonna be honest right now. I do not see this team with the currently constructed roster, with Darvin Ham, with what I've seen so far. I do not see this team beating the Denver Nuggets in the seven game series and even be able to make it. I don't even be able to make it out of the West. And honestly, this, 
this hurts as a Lakers fan, but I'm just going to be a real realistic. I'm just going to be real here. I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I don't even know if we could beat the Clippers in the seven game series right now. I'll be honest. If we were to play the Clippers in the seven game series, I really don't, I wouldn't feel very comfortable. Now, the Timberwolves are a whole different team, a whole different thing because playoff basketball is a whole different thing and it's all about matchups. But with what we have right now, I just don't think there's a, a chance that we can make it out of the West, let alone win, win a championship. Because if we can't mess with teams in the West, we definitely can't mess with the Bucks, Celtics, 76ers in the East. Let me get to, to real quick, uh, Joe, and then Magic Man, I'm going to have you close out the show for us. Joe, uh, when it comes right down to it, you'll be on a few minutes. You talked about what you're going to be doing here on Nightcap, Lakers Nightcap with Joe Sorrell here in just a few minutes. But again, this isn't a good sign for the Lakers, especially with what's up ahead. I mean, yeah, the Portland game is great and all that, but you've got a lot of road games on the schedule. You've got the Grammy trip upcoming. That's on the horizon. This is not the kind of, of, of game that you need heading into a tougher schedule. You had some cupcakes on the schedule this month and you absolutely blew it absolutely just blew it yes and uh the quitting mentality I, i'm gonna i'm gonna get into some in-depth uh, mental uh observation on past and present players uh, i'm gonna try to explain the difference and, and, and again some of the players that i'm going to bring up including present players current laker players uh it's very difficult to be on all the time. And I understand that as, as professional athletes do have a lot on their plate sometimes in terms of the mental part of the game, but that's the point. The point is some of the greatest players uh, that you've seen in, in sports, there's this, there's a difference between the greats and the great players. And I'm gonna I'm gonna delve into that a little bit. Uh, players that have won championships, there's players that have Hall of Fame careers that have amazing stats, but there's also been deficiencies with those same players. Where, in my assessment, sh they should have been better, but because their mental ability to focus game in game out in the most important games wasn't there. And you'll be surprised at some of the names. And if you, and, I, and I'll, for those who aren't history buffs, like let's say Sean and I, it's it's going to be a learning experience for you. And I'm going to try to make it make sense because it's going to allow you to understand what's going on here. And, and, and it's going to look, sound like an insult to guys like Anthony Davis and LeBron James, but it's not. It's what it is. There's something that, certain like there's a there's great players and then there's beyond great and when you sit there and you tell me that someone is the greatest of all time in something and then i see something different it needs to be said you need to understand the difference and i'm i'm, I'm gonna try to i'm gonna try to clear that up tonight i'm gonna try to really get you all to understand what 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 that level is that very very few get there there's not a lot and you'll be surprised who's really there and who really isn't there 
Well, I want to thank everyone for being a part of today's show. I truly appreciate it. Uh, tried just to email the, the link out for you, Joe and uh, John, and anybody else that wants to join. Uh, I don't know, Magic Man, I you know, send it to you as well, my friend. Hopefully that'll get through somehow, some way. Uh, just came back, uh, no failure notice on that. Just wanted to let you know. But okay. Uh, any last thoughts, my friend, on tonight's game before we head on out? By the way, it's good to see you. Good to hear from you. Good to hear you laugh. That's the best thing I could say about today's game. Yeah, I mean, that that was probably the silver lining of it all. You know, Jamie Sweet and myself have been working on a, a tune to uh, kind of sum up how this season has gone. That being said, I'm going to go a cappella right now, Gerald. Fair enough, my friend. <clears throat> me, 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 me. Hello, under 500, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because we have a brain for coach. All right, and I'll leave it at that. That deserves a round of applause, Magic Man. Thank you. Thank you. Bile for Brains is basically making a mockery of what we're, what we're trying to be, Gerald. I'm just, I'm really, really at this point disgusted by his lack of tact. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. That that's the best way I could describe it. Um, after five, after five minutes in this game, they stopped running plays. They stopped. They <laughs> they no, lit like literally they stopped the it movement, was, the ball movement, the man movement that stopped. It completely stopped. It, it was it was almost as if Doctor Strange had come from a like an alternate reality and just decided to, I don't know, take out a quarter of the half a brain Darvin Ham has on the coat uh, on the court. So it would leave him with what, like two two fifths of a brain. You can't win with your coach being half witted, nimwit. Dumbass. Keep going. Keep going. Stupid. Keep going. Moron. Keep going. Abject goddamn failure. Man, there you go. I mean, because AD go. was so dominant in those and, first seven minutes. Yeah, and then it Ger all just I, went. I, yeah, Gerald, uh, uh, like, here's the, th here's the deal, too, right? So you're going to talk about, he's going to talk about his schemes. I just have one question. So, Coach Ham, the Lakers shoot the least amount of threes in the NBA, and we give up the most amount of wide-open threes. So why the hell is the best defender in the NBA? Why, you get, why do you think doubling and giving him help in the paint is doing us any good by leaving shooters wide open? If if anything, Anthony Davis should be leaving the paint and helping these sad sacks on the perimeter to force mid-range shots or at least duck duck-ins or back cuts or something. Because your your best defender in the NBA shouldn't shouldn't be caused to have help in the in the paint. We've seen time and time again Torian paint Torian Prince in the paint or Delos in the paint. Why the hell are you allowing your perimeter defenders 
to get eaten alive like that when you have the best defender in the NBA. He is a moron. And I'm, and we're just going to keep talking about it. And for all those naysayers and haters out there who will just say, oh, well, you know, they're, they're, they're not replacing him, so there there's no point in just constantly harping on him or or, or uh, giving him grief. Right here, you know something? Win the crowd, Gerald. That was an old that was an old saying in the in the Roman Empire. Gladi- Gladiator too. Win the crowd and you win your freedom. He's not winning anything right now. Yeah. Even the crowd even the crowd, right? The the or what some Why is Fire Ham peanut- trending on Twitter? Yeah, the peanut the peanut gallery as they want to call us, or the peons. Well, you know, these peons actually know a little bit about the game of basketball, and you are terrible at it. Oh, we gotta stop with the excuses of play ball. Cut cut your political bull jive bile for brains. It's a we're over you. And your hackneyed, cliched answers to basic questions. The fact of the matter is, Gerald, I, I, I really think it's just at this point, it's a recording. Like he's got a recorded version of answers to give. and Or, like you said, and Johnny said, we get that off the cuff, just his moronic answers to basic questions. It's one or the other. It's either completely rehearsed or it's off the wall with him. There's no consistency with him. Even in press conferences, he's a joke. And, I'll close it out. Oh, go ahead, my friend. Yeah, no, no. I was going to say, Gerald, this is, I think this is just a, a case of uh, somebody who's in over his head. We call them pockets. Maybe we should call them over his head. <laughs> Maybe we should. Maybe we should indeed. But once again, the Lakers do lose 131-12. Magic Man, John, truly grateful to have both of you here. Magic Man, Sean Grice, catch him whenever he's here for us at the Lakers Fast Break. John Costa, please check out his great channels, Clutch Talk and Lakers Corner today, wherever you get your podcast. Want to go ahead and leave it on this note before we turn it over to the nightcap with Joe Soro. And again, you guys are welcome to go ahead and, and uh, join him if you want. Uh, the statement by D'Angelo Russell, I'm putting in the chat now. Obviously, Jock Vaughn is a hell of a coach. He's drawing up sets and putting them in position to take advantage of any miscommunication or mishap on our end. It's like the biggest shot to Darvin Ham. If I'm, if I'm Darvin Ham and I'm reading that, I'm next day I'm seeing him practice, I'm like, yo, what? you want to tell me something? That's what I would say. Yep. <laughs> I never hear the praise for Ham, but I hear praise for other coaches, and that tells it all right there. Once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. We'll be back tomorrow for more great stuff, but also tune in here in just a couple minutes. It'll be Joe Sorrell coming up right here for you. He is going to go live with his latest Lakers nightcap with Joe Sorrell. Go ahead and be able to check it out. He'll be with you. It's Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you tomorrow right here at the Lakers Fast Break.